listening to the Word of Truth Revealed with Bishop Merton L. Clark. The Word of Truth Revealed is the media outreach ministry of Truth Revealed International Ministries and Interdenominational Spirit-Filled Fellowship of Believers located in Palm Bay, Florida. Our mission here at Truth Revealed is to produce disciples and to empower the populace to live out the truth of God's Word within the framework of their environment. As we begin this first full week of this brand new year, Bishop Clark uses Romans the fifth chapter, verses one through three, as the foundation scripture for part one of the message in the Pillars of Salvation series, What is Salvation? Amen, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm starting a new series today entitled Pillars of Our Salvation pillars of our salvation. Today's message is entitled, What is Salvation? You would say, well, I already know all about salvation. I've been saved. I've been saved a long time. Well, let me remind you of some things about your salvation. Hopefully, the things that you've lost over the last 15 years and the things that you're struggling with, when you understand how much he loves you, maybe it may help you to deal with some of the issues that you're going through today. So for those of you that may not know the Lord, uh, this message is going to be a salvation to you. To those of us who know the Lord, it is still salvation to you. Because salvation is past, present, and future. So what is salvation? How many of you believe that you're saved? Come on, lift your hands. Amen. Those that aren't saved, let the redeemed the Lord say so. How many of you believe that you're saved? Come on. Amen. <laughs> That's not something that we're ashamed about. You should be able to say, yeah, I'm a part of that winning crowd. I've been saved by the blood of the Lamb. Glory to God, I'm saved. Now, do you fully understand what salvation is all about? What it truly is? Um, a lot of times we may say we're saved, and when, when we ask, okay, explain it to me, what it means. What does it mean to be saved? Does it mean to be baptized when you were in the Baptist church years ago? Does it mean to join a church? What does it mean to be saved? Does it mean that uh, because you took, uh, went through some rituals while in a Catholic when you were a young kid or went to Catholic school, does it mean you're saved? Or because you spoke in tongues at the altar when you were Pentecostal, does it mean you're saved? Well, hopefully this message will answer that. Uh, it was not something that I was planning on ministering, but I was awakened in the spirit while preaching on the radio in this vision, and I could see the radio waves going through the earth, and I was preaching this message, but it was going through the earth, and he told me that I need to remind you about what he did, and that's what I'm going to do. I don't try to preach to the psyche of people. I try to preach according to the spirit, the leading of the spirit of God. And some of us may not know what salvation is all about, though we're in the house of God. Hopefully the Holy Spirit will reveal truth to you. I want you to think about having an inheritance, but never ever seeking to claim it. You know, there are people who played a lotto and have never, ever, ever checked the numbers. 
this is history. This is history. I'm talking about 30, 40 million dollars they won and never claimed it. This in, is in by no means me trying to uh, encourage you to play the lotto. It is probably one of the most wasteful things you could ever do with your money. Because to win it, you have to really have odds for you. And I know you're praying. I know you be asking God to please let you win. But <laughs> you need to sow your money in the church. Um, a lady called me one time and said, I can't pay my light bill. I said, what did you do? And she said, well, I played the lotto. The Lord showed me some numbers. I said, then lay your head on that uh, lotto machine and ask the state of Florida to pay your light bill. I know y'all think I'm mean, but listen to me. Don't play your money. Don't do that. Sow your seed. God will bless you. Amen. The point I'm trying to make, and I believe it's made well, is that there are people who have entitlements. They have things that, that they're entitled to, and they never access it. There are people who have health care and won't go and see a doctor. There are people who know that there's something going wrong, but afraid to go and see the doctor. Or use any excuse not to go. That's like having a dental, uh, having dental insurance and won't get the mouth checked out. Or having a lump and won't even check it out. Or having a problem where you have to urinate uh, over and over at night and won't get it checked out and you have the insurance. I want you to think about that. Not claim claim on your entitlement. God has a prize waiting for you. It's worth more than millions. It's worth more than the lotto. It's worth more than anything you can win. It's worth more than millions of dollars. It's called salvation. And many have not sought to claim it. Have not sought to, to embrace it. And to unravel it. And to spend it properly. For some it is unclaimed. Please write that down. It's yours, but you won't claim it. For others, it's unused. You know it's there, but you don't access it. Sometimes even act like you don't know it's there. You just won't use the benefit that God gave you. Number three, for many, it's unappreciated. We put no value on it. And number four, some literally don't know anything about their salvation. Right now in Christendom, there are words that pique our interest. You start talking about the prophetic, you're going to get people to sit up straight. You start speaking about eschatology or future things to come. You have the church packed out. I start talking about the mark of the beast. And how it may tie into Bitcoin. The church will be packed out but from every bat. Every race, color, and creed. Because we want to know what's going on in the future. Start talking about the end times or the antichrist. 666. And the pit was open. And beasts came out of it. Locusts came out of the pit. People go, oh my God, what's happening? Everybody gets excited. Start talking about God's going to bless you with a million dollars. Tonight, you'll have this place packed out by millions. 
The one hour prophets are making the money. The one hour prophets, I can prophesy to you in one hour and things will shift, shift and change. Many of us know very little about the hidden treasures that are laying dormant in some of the words concealed and the particular words reveal that relate to salvation. There are some major pillars that I want to share with you today as it relates to salvation uh, and in the next coming weeks. One of those pillars, this is a word rich with treasures. It's called adoption. Write it down. Another word is atonement. At one meant. Atonement. The third one is conversion. Conversion. So we have adoption, atonement, conversion. Write another one down. Forgiveness. I'm going to highlight two today. One of them is just as if I'd justification. The second one I'm going to highlight today is regeneration. It's a word that every believer should know and be able to explain. If you're watching, you need to be taking notes because you need to know these words as well. It's tied to your million dollar prize, your multi-billion dollar prize called salvation. Another word you need to know we're not going to highlight today is ransom. Ransom. Here's another one, reconciliation. Reconciliation. Every believer should know what it's like. When you know it and you see how you reconciled us, then it will be easier for you to get over issues when people hurt you. It's easier for you to reconcile with others. Here's another one, redemption. Redemption. And the last one is repentance. Repentance. The two that will be highlighted today is justification, two pillars in your salvation. And I'm asking, I wish that we had people hungry for the word like Islamic people are hungry for the Torah and hungry for the, uh, the, the Quran. They don't sit there and just become idle when you start talking about it. And I have a friend, he works with my clothes and he prays at least five times a day. He just showed me all of his son's own businesses. I just met his daughter on yesterday. She's a pharmacist. And he doesn't go to church like we go, but he's devout in what he believes. And if we just put our attention on what God has afforded us, I guarantee you things will shift in your life. But you can't coast in Jesus any longer. Times are desperate. You can't tell? You can't tell that times are desperate? And then why, why do, uh, why do thou sit at ease, O Zion? <laughs> I had to go King James on you. <laughs> Whoa, O Zion. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. We need to pick it up a little bit and become a little bit more engaged as it relates to these pillars called salvation pillars. All of these words are part of 
what happens to you, all of them, when you, when every man or woman put his faith or her faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Yet many of us know very little about these words. And when I educate you and share with you some details about what he's already done for you, you're not going to be asking him to do more. You're going to be saying thank you. And that thank you opens him up to do more. A lot of times, you know, you, even with our kids, you can give them everything that they ever desire and they'll still say, I want more. When they should be saying thank you, which will open you up to give them more. You know, when I compare my life to my children's life, and I try not to do that with them because they don't even know how to handle it. They don't know what it's like not to have a remote control. They don't have a clue about it. They don't know what it's like not to have AC. They were born with 72 degree weather in Florida. They don't have a clue about what it's like to, to deal with gnats and pestilence during the summer and screen porches. <laughs> They don't have a clue of what it's like for, for just a, a, your snack is a pig feet. They don't have a clue about what that's like. They don't have a clue. <laughs> they, would think I was, they, they would think I was the worst daddy ever. But get a pig feet and get out of my face. They don't have a clue of what it's like to have a pest control in some type of thing that you have to pump. You know, they, don't have, they just get up there and squirt a little stuff and they out of it. They have no clue. But what it's like to walk to school. Right. Or your mama say, I'm not picking you up after the detention. You got to walk home. They have a clue. They think that's abuse. <laughs> Are y'all listening? They don't know what it's like to be whipped. <laughs> they don't have a clue to have. My mama said, go and get about five switches from that tree. And I'm going to time together. <laughs> They would think that's abuse. They'll be getting on the phone, calling the authorities, and <laughs> taking pictures and sending them to the teacher. And you've given them everything that you could ever imagine. You make sure that they rest. You make sure they have everything they need. You make sure that they're comfortable. You take them to theme parks. You spend $100, you know, just on one. And then you go to the movies and you buy Popcorn and all of that. My dad, if he took us to the movies, he would say, that's it. <laughs> when are we going to have fun? That's it. <laughs> they have no clue. So I don't even try to give them the contrast. But what I do know is that the more you give to flesh, the less we appreciate. When in actuality, the more we give, the more we should say thank you. We should have a sense of gratitude, which opens the giver up to give more. A philanthropist don't really need their name call, but you need to say thank you. If someone sows into your college degree, you need to say thank you. They saw $1,000, you can't say thank you. You can't write a letter to say thank you. That's, that's beneath you? Well, they may want to give you $1,000 for all of the time that you spend in college. Every semester. If you'll just say, thank you. But if you act like it's okay, or you're going to take the money and use it for other things, like buying dope or reefer, how long do you think that money's going to come in? And I'll preach myself at this. <laughs> I'm talking to the world. Y'all know what I'm talking about. 
So again, we want to make sure that we're doing everything that God has called us to do. So we can get all that he has for us to get. And hopefully these words, these pillars are going to stimulate something in you. And it will create a sense of gratitude in every believer so God can do more. Actually, salvation is the base of what he wants to do. You start saying, thank you for saving me. He'll do more. So what is it? How do we get it? Can we lose it? Everybody got quiet. I didn't even say yes or no. I just asked the question. Because this message is designed to shake your theology. Amen. You were raised, well, you have to get saved every time you sin. You're going to have a challenge with this message. I say you need to repent when you sin. But I'm just here to say Going to deal with book, chapter, and verse so we can work with you. Glory to God. Are you saved? If you're saved, let the redeemed of the Lord say, I'm saved. I'm saved. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. If you couldn't say it, it's okay. Don't feel bad yet. I'm coming down your road, though. Because all of us need to be able to say, I'm saved. There's nobody in the midst of the sea. Nobody. That's rescued out of the sea. Wouldn't say thank you for saving me. Maybe you don't understand where you are. You don't understand how deep the waters are. Or how troubled they are. Or the storm that's coming. While bobbing in the water. Amen. Even if you're not saved. You ought to be saying somebody. Somebody need to talk to me about what it's like to be saved. So I can understand what's going on in my life. I asked that question at the top of the message. Are you saved? You answered yes with a lot of enthusiasm. God bless you. Why do we have to use that term? You've heard people. You go in the churches. You heard them say. You saved. You got Jesus. Sometimes they say it a little hard. You saved. You got Jesus in your life. See I got Jesus you know. I don't think we have to put that kind of enthusiasm in it. Or that kind of spirit in it because we should be thankful for being saved because um, you can't save yourself if you can save yourself your salvation isn't worth anything I think I'm saved is a perfect word a perfect phrase for us today without him we're worse than being out at sea without him we're worse than being in a burning building or a burning tower that's falling. Without him, it's worse than being in a lion's den. Ready to be torn into pieces. Because he's the answer for the world today. And I want you to see those three things. Being out at sea and there's no rescue ship and you're drifting. You're bobbing. And there's nothing for sight. Nothing in your sight. No one coming and the sun is going down. Or being in a tower that's falling. You don't even understand what's happening. But the heat is so hot. I remember 18 years ago when the towers fell in New York. My wife and I were in, uh, in Melbourne. 
It was just, Megan was just coming into our lives and we were in the lawyer's office talking about it. And I looked at the television and saw the towers falling. And I saw people jumping. The heat was so horrendous that they rather jump than experience the heat. And I don't know if you remember, but uh, the news media, they, they had people in the, in the foyer of the towers coming out. And you heard this sound, boom, boom, like that. Like, it's like, what is that? And when the camera got a guy, he said, whoa, they're jumping. They took it off TV because it was too horrendous, but I was watching it. And the sound of those bodies exploding when they hit the ground. But many of us don't care about that because it didn't happen to us. But we need to be mindful that somebody decided to jump because it was just too hot. And I'm saying living without Jesus is worse. To be without him than it was for those people who jumped out of that town. Or like Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into lion's dens, thrown into fiery furnaces. It is worse for you not knowing Jesus than it, were, than it was for them. Or being lost at sea with no help around. Please write it down. Salvation. Salvation covers your past, your present, and your future. It covers your past, it covers your present, and it covers your future. Not just you are saved, you are being saved, and you will be saved. Amen. It covers your past, for, uh, this is what you need to write down, number one. It covers your past because he forgives you of all of your sins. Listen to what I said. He is so awesome that he forgave you of all of your sins. Every little piece, every small piece, every little bit of it. Everything hidden and everything seen, he forgave you. Now, one of the things the enemy is real smart at and cunning at. He does to you like he did for the first Adam. He whispers in your ears, there's no way that can be true. There's just no way he can forgive you for that you did. You know what you did. You know how bad it was. You know. That's what he did to the wind, to the woman in the garden. And that's what he's doing to us today. He is the accuser of the brethren. And he is keen at doing what he does. He's an expert at bringing accusations and making you doubt. What did he say to Eve? Did God really say what he said? Did God really say that? Did God really mean that? He wants you to doubt what you know the scripture says. Even though in my natural mind, it is totally impossible to forgive me for all of the things that I've done. Because I've never forgiven someone of everything that they've done to me. It's almost incomprehensible. It's beyond human recollection. It's beyond our ability to forgive for everything that a person does. How many of you been in a relationship for 20 years and you remember what they said 15 years ago? 
Why you keep bringing it up? Why you keep bringing it up? Why you keep bringing it up? Wow, 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 wow. That's how we're charged. That's what we do. We remember everything. We, we don't forget nothing. We'll say, I forgave you, but I didn't forget it. <laughs> Men of Brevard County. This weekend is the weekend we've all been waiting for. Truth Revealed International Ministries, 2838 Palm Bay Road in Palm Bay, Florida, invites you to the Engage 2020 Men's Advance Reloaded Conference this Friday and Saturday, January 10th and 11th with your conference host, Bishop Merton L. Clark. Friday night, doors open at 6.30 p.m. and the conference kicks off at 7.30 p.m featuring a powerful word from our conference host, Bishop Merton L. Clark, on the topic, male engagement. Saturday morning, after a continental breakfast at 8 a.m., the conference continues at 9 a.m. with breakout sessions with topics like overcoming resistance, moving beyond curiosity, accountability, activation, and accuracy. Then after we eat lunch and fellowship together, the conference will conclude with a question and answer session with Bishop Clark on the topic, Engage and Serve. $35 gets you into the Saturday sessions, lunch, and the official conference t-shirt. Friday night's kickoff service is free. Engage 2020 Men's Advanced Reloaded Conference with your conference host, Bishop Merton L. Clark. This Friday, January 10th at 7.30 p.m. and Saturday the 11th with a continental breakfast starting at 8 a.m. and breakout session starting at 9 a.m. For more information, visit our website at truthrevealed.org. If something was said during today's teaching that blessed you, or if you would like to find out more information about Truth Revealed International Ministries, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at The Word of Truth Revealed, P.O. Box 60128, Palm Bay, Florida, 32906, or you can email us at The Word of Truth at truthrevealed.org. You can also visit us on the web at www.truthrevealed.org. If you're on Facebook, visit the Truth Revealed International Ministries fan page and click like. From time to time, you'll receive inspirational words of wisdom along with information about what's happening at Truth Revealed. Now, if you would like to purchase today's message for your personal library, when you write to us or email us, use reference number 2532. That's reference number 2532. Just include a $5 donation for CDs and a $12 donation for DVDs. And now, final thoughts from Bishop Clark. King David said this. He said, I was young and now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed beg bread. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above your ability, but will with every test also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God loves you. And so do I. I want you to be encouraged. Lift up your head and let the King of glory come in. Who is this King 
He's our Lord, our Savior. He's mighty and strong, and He's mighty to fight in every battle that you're facing. Until next time, God bless you and keep you is my prayer.